Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. part two of a series. The title of my message today is I Sure Hope So. I Sure Hope So. I know you think, well, Pastor X, after last Sunday, does it get better? Yeah, it does. Amen. <laughs> it does get better. Amen. How many of us know that some days are tougher than others? Amen. Come on. Amen. But how many of us know that his promise is to never leave us nor forsake us, but to go with us always, even until the ends of the earth? So if you'll stand with us for the reading and reading of his word, Amen. And we're going to read the word together out of Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. And as far as I know, today, we're going to be preaching several weeks out of Romans right here for a moment. And we're going to go back into the Gospels from time to time. But we feel like the Lord's got us in Romans right here for a moment. Romans 8 and 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. This is Paul talking. The, crea the creation awaits an eager, an eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That creation itself will be liberated from its bondage and decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we await, await eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. How many had to wait on some things? Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I want you to really pay close attention to the last three verses. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Can't put it into words. All you can do is weep and cry and call God's name. But I guarantee you, he's hearing those prayers. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that all things work. All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I'm going to read that one again. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, and who have been called according to his purpose. Stretch your hands this way and ask the Holy Spirit with me to bless us for the preaching and teaching of his word. Father, we love you and we honor you and we ask you to free our mouths and our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, speak in us and through us today. May your word go forth. You said in your word, your words will not return void, but they will accomplish what you chose beforehand for them to accomplish. And I pray that you'll give us ears to hear your word. I pray that you give us freedom by the power of your Holy Spirit, ears to hear, and a heart 
that's sold out and sanctified and ready to operate in what the word tells us to do. Help us to be obedient to your word. Yes. And we give you all honor and all praise. And may your name be lifted up. Because if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. And all the church said amen, amen. and amen. Amen. Today I wanted to talk to us. How many has ever heard somebody ask you a question or had somebody ask you a question? Well, when is such and such going to happen? Or when is this going to happen? And you say, well, I sure hope so. Anybody ever done that? You may have ever had a garden and somebody said, well, we haven't had that problem this year because we've had a lot of rain. But have you ever had a garden? You planted that garden and Brother Keith, you're a gardener. And you've got to have some rain for that garden to grow. And then a weatherman said, there's a 20% chance of rain on Thursday. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I sure hope so. Because yeah. all of that work. How many has ever uh, come to Friday and you got more week than you got paid? Amen? You got more month. I mean, it's came to the end of the month. I get paid once a month. I'm a teacher. So uh, I get paid once a month by the church. So it, how many has ever had more month than you had money? Come on, anybody ever done that? And give me witness for that. And you're waiting for that. So what we need to understand is a lot of times we live with a I hope so. Come on. But your grace, the, let me say this, your salvation in Jesus Christ today, if you don't get anything else, anything else I say in the, from preaching the word today, your salvation is not built on a hope so. It's built on the Son of God. Amen? Amen. We don't have to get good enough, and I have to learn, like I heard uh, Maverick City music, I've been listening to that song, Gyra, all week. I can't just turn it off. I just hit repeat. And he says, I can't let him down because I wasn't holding him up. Amen. That's the first verse. So we need to understand as Christians, we can't, yeah, do we disappoint God? Do we fail God? But we can't help, we can't hurt the sovereignty and the goodness of God because he's who he is without us being who we are. Come on. We need to understand today that we can let God down and we can, yeah, we can disappoint God. How many has ever had your children disappoint you? How many of you ever disappointed your children? Amen. Tell a kid you're going to go to McDonald's after church and something happens and you don't go. That's bad, right? Tell your kids you're going to go to the water park or go on vacation or go to the lake or go do something. Anybody ever been there? Can I get a witness right? And then something happens and you can't do that. You talk about disappointment, especially in little ones. They're disappointed. But how many of us has ever been in a place in our faith to where we're asking God for something and we don't get it and all we got is a I sure hope so. Many of us in our lives are in a place where we're in, I sure hope so. But can I remind you today, by the power of the word of God, we don't serve, I, I hope so, God. We serve, I, I know so, God. Come on, church. Yeah. I know so. Again, I know who he is. I know who he is. Now, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 18, back, back verse, chapter 8, verse 18. He said, you know, we a lot of times rest and think about our capabilities or even our talents or even our circumstances. How many of us know our circumstances can rob us of our joy? Amen? Circumstances, you know, that word circumstance comes from the word circle, means to uh, surround you. A lot of times our circumstances robs us of our faith. Come on, you can. It can beat you down and rob your faith. But Paul said, we, Paul said, well, what we walk through here can't compare to what's going to be give, given unto us in the future. Amen? Yeah. He said, I recollect that the present sufferings that we're going through can't compare to what's going to be revealed in us. 
And you say, well, Pastor Rich, what does that mean? A lot of us have a mindset now that we should, with the world's condition that we're in and the shape of our nation and our world, we wish we could just check out and go to heaven. And we're built for heaven. Come on. Amen. The Bible says we're just pilgrims and strangers here. But I believe that in these last days that God is going to reveal some things to his church supernaturally by the power of his Holy Spirit and he's going to bless his church in these last days. Amen. I wish I could get a witness on that today. God is not through blessing his church, but we have to do it this way. He says, he talks, starts out talking about the floods and the earthquakes, and we're fixing to be dealing with a hurricane here in a few short hours. Some people already are. And how many is going to agree with me to pray for these people today? We're going to stay in a mindset of prayer. If it's your family, you're going to be praying. Amen. And we're here and we call to pray for one another. Before we leave this house today, we're going to lift these people in prayer. We're going to pray for them. Amen. It said the floods, the earthquakes, the drought, the earth is groaning because the world is longing to be redeemed back to God. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, how does that happen? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, this world has been broken since then. Amen. The world, the scripture tells us that the world has been broken. It says the creation, verse 22, it says the creation itself will be liberated from it, from the bondage of decay and brought into a glorious freedom of the children of God. It said, Paul said, also referred to in 22, he said, Paul said it's hard, just like childbirth, right up into the point of having that child. Now, I've never had a child, but I thank God that God didn't choose me to have children. Hey, all the men said amen. Yeah. But can I tell you this? We don't know what those ladies have gone through because we did not, we've never had a child. But Paul referred to it because he wanted us to see that when a woman goes through childbirth, that things happen into her body that she can't explain. But when she sees that child, all of that fades away. Can all the mothers say amen? It fades away because you see that child that you carried for nine months. To have that child, you see how perfect and how a gift of God is. Can I tell you, Paul says that we're carrying something that this world is growing, but it's going to be completed. It's going to be restored one day. Amen. It's going to be restored. Verse 23 says, those who have the spirit, the fruit of God in their lives, or the fruit of the spirit in their lives, long for something that simply this world can't give. There is an empty, there is an emptiness, there is a longing inside of us. It's not that we're absent of the Holy Spirit of God and the salvation of Jesus Christ, but inside of each believer, a follower of Jesus today, there is an emptiness inside of us that this world cannot cannot give us peacefully. Yeah. There's something there that we long for. The Bible talks about that we're pilgrims and strangers, Brother Keith. We're just passing through this world. Right. How many has been affected by losing somebody in this difficult time that we've been walking through? We long to see them again. Amen. We long to see them again. We long to be reunited with loved ones. We long to see Jesus one day. That's what we're living for, by the way. And then we're living to be leaving. We're not living to be staying. That's something we need to understand. So Paul said, we long for something that this world can't give. He said, he said, he who hopes for what already he already has in verse 25. Now, if you already have something, you're not going to hope for it. How many of you ever wanted something and you wanted something really bad? Come on. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You ever wanted that house or that car yeah. or that vehicle, ladies or that dress or that outfit? I'm going to dig myself a hole. We're coming back out just a little bit. You ever wanted something? Me and you ever wanted that boat or that rod and reel or that, that lure that's going to catch all the fish? Come on. Yeah. Or that tool that you can do anything with? Come on. Yeah. 
Come on, guys. On that side by side of that full whip. Come on. I, I know where I'm at. I don't live in Alabama. I know where I'm at right here. You got things that you want and you long for and you hope for and you probably prepare to get it, right, Miss Marianne? But when you get it, the hope is over because you got it. Come on. You don't have to hope for it no more because you got it. Can I tell you today, the greatest gift, hear me today, church, that God gave us when he sent his son was Jesus, of course. But then Jesus, when he ascended to the Father, he did this thing called, he said, I'm going to go away. He told his disciples, but I'm going to send you a comfort. And he, who is the Holy Spirit, will lead you and guide you into all truth. Isn't that what he said? He, who is the Holy Spirit, he is male and gender. Listen, there's a lot of attacks coming to the church today. Y'all going to help me today? There's a lot of things that's coming to the church today. And all these attacks against gender and all these things are going on, they're not just an attack against humanity. They're an attack against the Godhead. Come on. If they can make it to where there's no absolutes, they can sift you like wheat. Amen? Yeah. And that's the devil's job is to sift you like wheat. But they are absolutes. And Paul said, hey, it's the Holy Spirit. So he made some points here. So where does this hope come from? I mean, it's have a hope. You have a hope today because you're sitting in church. Many of us are watching online today. You have a hope because you're watching us online. Our hope is not in this world. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a hope today. So what does hope mean? The word hope means to, to long for something that we don't have and to wait patiently for it. Now, how many is good at patience? Amen. Jason said he is. Aaron's not in here. But we're not naturally patient, are we? Amen. Get in traffic and see how patient you are. Yeah. Go drive where I drive every day. Right, Dave? You can see how patient you are. I mean, anybody driving Birmingham or Tuscaloosa? See how patient you are. But we're not naturally patient, but the Bible says that we need to have it. We need to long for it. So where does our hope come from? In verse 26, it says it like this. The hope of the Holy Spirit comes. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with groans and words that cannot you cannot express. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not just here to make you have goosebumps. The Holy Spirit is to here to intercede for you. Come on. There's Jesus when he ascended to the Father. The Bible says he sits down at the right hand of the Father to ever make intercession for us. When the Lord, uh, when he ascended back to the Father, his work on this earth was done for a moment. Anybody know he's coming back to finish some yeah. stuff? Yeah. And he's not coming back as somebody meek and lowly, but he's coming back with a sword in his hand to, to, to make his enemies his footstool. Come on, church. Yeah. He's coming back as a warrior. The Bible said he will have fire in his eyes and he will ride on a white horse. Can I tell you today, there is someone called the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us when he ascended to the Father that fell in the upper room and the church was launched. Can I tell you, that Holy Spirit knows how to pray for you when you don't know how to pray. And the Bible tells me that he intercedes for me according to my what's going on in my life because the Holy Spirit walks through me. The Bible says he will leave, live in you and he will be with you and he will be in you is what scripture tells us. So he knows what the makeup is, Brother Parker, of what's going on in my life, but he also knows what's going on in the throne room of heaven. Come on. 
And the Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, so it's twofold. It's the Spirit of God, it's the person of Jesus Christ. There's one on earth, and there's one in heaven, and they're both interceding for you today. Amen. Let's give him some praise. So the Holy Spirit is conveying those words that we cannot express when we pray in the Spirit. We are praying to God. That prayer is not beneficial for others. That prayer is only beneficial for that person praying in the Spirit. Amen. Yeah. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. So that prayer is beneficial. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, there's no interpretation that we give. And sometimes people are praying in the Spirit. We need to understand that. But also we need to understand, too, that we need to get in a mindset of prayer that we think and believe that God is going to answer our prayers. And there's only one way that you can get in a mindset and hope for things that you can't see. Amen? Right. What is faith? It's the evidence of things not seen, right? Yeah. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's what we hope for. We hope for. So our hope is in Jesus Christ today. So the Holy Spirit is, we're talking to the Holy Spirit when we're praying, and the Holy Spirit is transforming those prayers and transporting those prayers to heaven who goes through the person of Jesus Christ. Come on, I wish somebody would help me today who sets at the right hand of the Father today, David, to ever make intercession for me and you. That means morning, noon, or night, out of deathbed, in a hospital, the Holy Ghost is interceding for me. Jesus that when my baby is burning up with fever at night, I'm going to go ahead and preach myself happy today. He is interceding for me. Amen. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He will go with me always, even until the ends of the earth. When my worlds are falling, falling apart, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible said they will come at you one way, but they will leave seven. Hallelujah. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what is the significance of the Holy Spirit? He's just like my pants. I mean, y'all wouldn't want to hear me preach without pants on. I'm just using that. Come on, y'all. Y'all need to line up with me. We're not that kind of church. Come on. But what I am saying is we are clothed. Why did Paul say in Ephesians chapter 6 that we put on the armor of God? Isn't that what he said? Yeah. As a matter of fact, he described it as a Roman soldier in Romans chapter 6 because he wanted to know that their armor, armor meant something to a Roman soldier. That ain't going to battle without their armor. So we understand today that the Holy Spirit is our help. Our Holy Spirit is our help. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes. I mean, has ever been in a place in your life, you're going through something, or maybe you're just in the spirit of prayer. Anybody ever felt led to pray for somebody out of the blue? Yeah. Don't ever quench that. That's the Holy Spirit. You, right. you, you pray for that person. Whatever you're doing, you may not be able to. You may be in a meeting or somewhere. I had to sit there in a meeting and pray for other people. I may have lost where I was at the meeting, but I was doing what God called me to do. Yeah. For people like me, I chase squirrels real easy. Y'all haven't figured that out yet. But I went all the way, God. I'll check back in on the meeting. Okay? Amen? So a lot of times when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, He's telling us to pray for somebody. He's doing that for a reason. You know that that person's life may rest upon your ability to go to them and go to God for them in prayer. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. So he's interceding. It's not just, let me say it. Everybody say it with me. It's not just about me. 
It's not just about me. Christianity is not about me. It is about a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's about something that he's building inside of me. It cannot be shaken. You say, it's not resting upon how good I am. As Maverick City says, I can't let him down because I wouldn't hold him up. The person of God don't need me to prop him up because he's just God. He just knows he is. The person of God through the Son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of his Holy Spirit just needs me to walk with him. He needs me to believe him. He needs me to believe him. There are times in our lives when all we can do is pray. And all we can do is cry. But you can rest assured in those times that he who is called the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. And you can be assured that heaven is not silent because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I feel like the conversation is Mary Ann goes a little bit like this. Now, Father, I know Mary Ann. And the Holy Spirit is telling me that Mary Ann needs this. That's right. This is what she's walking through. And I feel like a lot of times, Regina, Jesus may have some tears in his eyes when he's saying that prayer. Because I've been where she's been. And I felt what she's feeling. And so can you make a way? Can you send some angels? Can you unloose some things right now for her? Can you make a way? Can you send an answer? Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. Yeah. Jesus sits there to make intercession for you and me. So he is doing that. He is covering us. And it is passionate prayer. It's not a, I, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. There's nothing like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you, when Jesus is praying, the Bible says he prayed in the garden until his sweat became as great drops of blood. Amen? Go read it for yourself. He's passionate about it. So when we go to the Lord in prayer, should we have some passion in our prayers? Should we be passionate about it? Of course we should. Of course we should. So he says, there's two divine presences happening when we're praying. There's a presence here called the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul's talking about. There's a presence here called the Holy Spirit. He is on this earth. And there's a presence at the right hand of the Father. He is called Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Who that that knew no sin that became sin for us, but he says at the right hand of the Father, He that's always will that's always been perfect and always will be perfect is interceding. For there's two things happening. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us here, and in in heaven, Jesus is interceding for us there. Mm -hmm. So we understand that. John said it like this in John sixteen and thirteen. He said, "But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you in the altar." He will not speak of his own. He will not speak of his own, but he will speak only what he hears and will tell you what is to come. Yeah. I hear people all, all the time ask me this question. Has somebody asked me in school this week? Okay, well, what's going on in America? What's going on in the Middle East? What's going to happen? I said, open the book. Yeah. Yeah. Open the book and read the book, and it's going to tell you what's going to happen. Amen? Yeah. He didn't leave us without a comfort. What is the comfort? The Word of God. He will lead you into all truth. It said, and it's Holy Spirit. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. Who is the Holy Spirit talking to? Jesus. And who is God talking to? Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in communication with each other. Amen? 
So there's a conversation going on. He will not speak on his own, but he only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. People ask me all the time. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people the last couple months. Pastor Rex, what's going to happen next? Go read Revelation. Go read Ezekiel. Open the book. Go read the Gospels. Matthew will tell you what's going to happen. Open your eyes, church. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Will we be a part of the remnant today? He's coming back to our church. Amen. You say, well, Pastor Rex, do we, do we get up enough food to survive? Do we go in a hole? Do we go in a pit? Do we make ourselves a bunker? No, you keep living Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to encourage you, parents. You say, well, well, I see my kids growing up. Grow up, I can't answer that. But what I can tell you, if you'll live for Jesus, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And your children are going to be okay. Because his favor is upon you and it will be upon your children. Amen? We just sang that. Verse 28. Well, I'm moving fast today. Verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He said he works all things for our good. He did not say all things will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Now we live in a time when people say, well, Pastor Rex, when I get saved, I thought all my problems would go away. Your problems were just beginning. But the Bible says, Jesus said, Jesus said these words. When you see all these things take place, you look up. Isn't that what he said? And he said, I want you to take heart because I've overcome the world. The Bible tells us in Revelation that we are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Right. You know what the world needs? Your words of your testimony of what Jesus is doing in your life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. If you'll share that, somebody else's life can be changed. Because it's not your words. It's the words of Jesus speaking through you. Right. Romans says it like this in Romans chapter two, 12, verse 2. How many know that we could be informed into something? For example, watch these little kids. Watch saved. Watch little Ellie. Watch all of our babies. Are they changing every week? Yeah. I love watching these little ones. Y'all know I like babies, by the way. But I love watching these little ones. I picked Sadie up. I got to pick her up four days this week from daycare. And I'm happy y'all know she loves pops more than anybody else. There you go. She likes pop, pops, big, big truck, but she can see our big windows. And before long, we're going to be going to McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and doing cool stuff. Probably buying stuff that we don't need to buy. Right. Because she loves pops. When I, when I go in into daycare, how many ever watched somebody talk to a baby? I'm going somewhere with this. You know, watch a grown man talk to a baby. I walk into daycare and she's there and I go, I'm here to pick up Sadie Greer Banks and I'm talking to him like an adult. And all of a sudden I see, see Sadie and I'm like, hey, how y'all doing today? I'm here to pick up Sadie. Y'all having a good day? I greet him and all of a sudden, hey, Chuka, what are you doing? And she sees that smile, and my day's all good. Yeah. You ever seen adults do that? Yes. But how many of us know, as much as we love talking to our grandbabies and our family, and we make all kind of faces, can you imagine what these babies are really thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's gone. He's <laughs> But how much we love that child, can we just think for a moment when we go to God in prayer, how much he loves us? And that 
the way we're looking at that grandchild or our child when they're born and we think about them and we think about how good it is and how much God's blessed us with, think about Jesus said, how much more, if you love to give your children and grandchildren good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven do for you? Amen. You that are evil, you that are broken, us that are imperfect and make mistakes and sin every day. Come on, yeah. us. Jesus wants to bless you. Right. And he wants to help you. And he wants to cover you. And I think about that. And I think, you know, these ladies know I'm crazy. And then I watch another parent come in and their voice changes too. They become ventriloquists just like them. <laughs> because we love our grandchildren. And if it makes her smile, I'll probably do a lot of things, you know. We all do that. But Paul talked about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said, don't conform to the pattern of this world any longer, the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God's will. What is his good, pleasing, and perfect will? So if I'm being transformed by the person of Jesus Christ through the word of God and the power of his Holy Spirit, I know what God's will is because I know what his word says. Yeah. Yeah. You can't know what God's word and will is if you don't know what his word says. The Bible said, is it a lamp into our feet? It's a light into our path. That's what David said. Let me hide it in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not that Jesus becomes more like us as we are being discipled day by day and growing in God. It's that we become more like Jesus. That's the place that Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He said, the more we know about God, this is something. How many is like to have confidence? Anybody ever watch pro baseball? What would they say when a pitcher's in a slump? Come on, boy, you're a brace, man. You're a young. He's lost his confidence. You ever seen that? A lot of times, pitching for baseball players is what? They don't lose the ability to throw that breaking ball, that curveball, that special pitch. They don't think they have the confidence to do it because somebody hit, hit one out of the park or the ERA is going like What about a quarterback that can't throw a pass that he's through five million times because he don't have the confidence that he can make that throw? Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit will give you through the Word of God is something called confidence. Yeah. It's called confidence. Not that I'm confident in me and my abilities, but I'm confident in what the Word of God says. Yeah. I'm confident in what He's going to say. He is doing something called building endurance in us. I have a lot of kids that come to my class. They run cross country. This Mary Ann. And we were, last year we had a field day, and I noticed that these football players, we had a track that's a round track, and it's almost a mile and a half round. And I was watching these football players when we were racing in the different academies, you know, skill trades had to be the best, right? Fire science, culinary, all these other programs that we have there. Skill trades had to be the best. So you know what I learned pretty quick? Okay, where's my cross-country guys at, ladies? Where are my students that run cross-country and play lacrosse and play soccer? Because you know what I figured out? That these kids that play lacrosse and run cross-country and play soccer, that to run all the time, they got something called endurance. Yeah. And these guys that, can, that are wide receivers don't have a lot of endurance because they run, they're well for speed, right? And they were beating them out the gate. But you know, I had this little guy in my class, he's a little small guy, but he run cross-country. He's always talking about cross-country meet. I had to leave early today because we got a cross-country meet. You know what I learned? I'm going to put the sprinter with him. 
Because he's going to have some endurance. And at the end, after about halfway around that, that track, that kid's running out of gas because he blew him away coming out the gate. But he had something called endurance. Can I tell you, you can have something and you can be quick on the draw. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to build some endurance in you, when the ones that's took off ahead of you and the enemy seem to overtake you, you're going to be still making that next step. Because the Bible says we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when we, re when we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to surpass your enemy. Come on. The Bible says they will come against you one way, but they will leave you seven. I'm talking to somebody today. If we understand that the work, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Isn't that what Paul said? So it's the word of God that gives me something called endurance through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 1 and 8 says it like this. He will keep you strong to the end. So that you will be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we all looking for when we stand before Christ one day? I want to hear well done. I want to hear you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear enter into the joys of the Lord. Isn't that what we want to hear? He says right here, He will keep you strong to the end so you will be blameless. On the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He will keep you blameless. Yeah. He, the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not some fallacy. It's not some feeling I get. It's not hair standing up on my arm. It's the power of God in him. And in you. Deuteronomy 28, 7 says it like this. The Lord will grant his enemies who rise up against you will be defeated. They will come in one direction and they will flee in seconds. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Is God preparing something for us? And you say, well, Pastor Rex, when we get to heaven, yeah, he's prepared a place. Well, what about what he's doing in us here? But God has revealed it to us by his what? Spirit. His spirit. God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. I know you say, well, Pete, Pastor, all you've done talk is ever talk about is the Holy Spirit. Try to live for Jesus without Him. Yeah. 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 Try it out without Him. Try it out without knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. I can go to Him. David, it don't make no difference what situation I'm in. I don't have to go try to find Him. He lives in me. Come on. Yeah. I can talk to Him just like I'm... Anybody ever talk to yourself? Come on now. We'll get some help. Yeah. 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 You ever did something wrong? Why did you do that? Stupid. Be careful how you talk to yourself. Be careful what you say to yourself. Now, I got into the studio the other day. He said, Mr. Hare, I'm just an idiot. I said, no, we're not going to talk like that. I said, you can do this. You just got to commit to do it. We go over this every day. You got to commit to do it. You can't do what you want. You got to go by the rule. You know the rule. I said, so what's the rule? Can't leave the classroom without permission. I said, now you can do it because you've been doing it all these other days. You see where I'm going? I wouldn't allow that kid to down himself because that kid don't deserve to down himself. Come on. Yeah. yeah. He's a kid. He, he's, just a, he's just a young boy. But what I teach him is what? What do we do? How do we go by doing this? Why do we have rules? To keep you safe and to keep others safe. So we're there by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 25 and 26 says, 
since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And verse 26 says, let us not become seated, conceited, and broken one another and envying one another. Having the Spirit of God doesn't create pride. Come on, y'all gonna help me right here, I'm almost done. Having the Spirit of God live inside of you doesn't create pride. If you see somebody that talks about the Holy Spirit and they're prideful and arrogant and chewing people up all the time, you need to check on that. It doesn't make you prideful. It doesn't make you envy somebody. I don't want something somebody else has got. I want what God's got for me. Yeah. I want to walk in the authority that he's given me. He said, let us not be conceited. That means thinking more of ourselves than we shouldn't. That we should. And provoking one another and envying one another. Envying is wanting somebody something somebody else had. Galatians 6, verses 9 through 10. This is where we're at in the church today. Everybody wants to know where were we at in church? Where are we at now? This is where we're at. This is where we're at. This is what we're dealing with. Let us not become weary in doing good. For in a proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. You know what's happening right now in the churches across America and across the world? People are giving up. Yeah. Yeah. People are throwing in the towel. But if you won't quit, I used to have a football coach, Brother Keith, every day when we're dog tired after three and a half, four hours of football practice, we're going to find out where the men are today, gentlemen. Are you going to quit right here? Yeah. And I'd be like, why don't you just shut up and let us finish the sprint, man? <laughs> and he would say, and I remember Mary, I remember Miss Mary Ann when they would be there. I was a senior. There was 22 of us that year. And he said, he would call us in before we go win sprints. He'd call all the seniors down and he said, now you're going to lead or you're going to follow. Because all these other 80-something kids are watching now. Now you're going to lead or you're going to follow. I need some leaders right here. Man, I got to run through a sheetrock wall for them. Come on. Because you know what? He said, I, don't wanna, I just want to talk to the ones of you 22 that's last. You know what we were trying to do? We were catching cramps trying to get down that football field because we didn't want to be last. Can I tell you today, the Holy Spirit in these last days is building something in the church called endurance. And the world, through all of its distractions, come on, go watch the news. You know what 90% of that is a distraction? Yeah. Now, I know there's real deal and real things going on, and we have real issues in America. All the church said amen. Yeah. We have poor leadership that didn't just start. We have poor leadership because the Christians decided they didn't want to be in politics for Hello. Now it doesn't change it. I'm not going to preach about politics, but I'm talking about where we at in the church. People are quitting. Yeah. It's called the great falling away. Come on. Church ain't full. I mean, just remember when we kids, everybody went to church. Yeah. Yeah. People didn't like the church went to church. And I'm not trying to give you no doom and gloom, but a lot of people quit. Yeah. You know what I hear from companies all the time? They tell me, just find me somebody that'll work. Come on, guy. Anybody work anybody? Just, just find me somebody that will work. Right. And I can teach them how to do the craft or learn the trade. Right. But can I tell you today, you know what Jesus is saying? I need you to build some endurance. I need you, and I'm talking to you today, church. I need you not to quit. Yeah. I need you to just stand there and believe God's word. Have some hope. He said, therefore, we have the opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the body and the family of believers. So what should I be doing as a follower of Jesus Christ? Helping other believers. Right. Encouraging other people. Help them. Helping those, the widow and the orphan. Come on, they can't help themselves. Yeah. Opening the door and helping people. Yeah. 
encouraging people. You say, well, Pastor Rex, what does this mean to me? He's building something in his church in the last days through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not just a move inside of a church, but it is a takeover outside of these walls. Hear what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit really loves to move in his church. But what he really loves when his church leaves the building and starts to operate out there. Yeah. That's when you see the Holy Spirit move. That's when you said, he said, did you give so much as a cup of cold water in my name? Yeah. If you've done it under the least of these, you've done it under me. There's somebody in your path, and they might not be literally hungry or homeless or hurting, but there's somebody, let me say this, take away the back one, the last one, but there's somebody in your path and in your life every day that's hurting. God's got somebody in your life every day that is hurting. And I'm going to say this, and we're going to close in prayer, but hurt people are going to, hurting people are going to hurt. People that are damaged and that are hurting and that are broken, they're going to hurt other people. Because that's all they know is hurting, because they're hurting. But he also gave us the church. Who is the church? You are the church. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the church. You are a world changer. You are a, come on. You are gifted. You have a calling. What is my calling, Eric? I don't have to have a position in the church. You know what I have to have? The blood of Jesus Christ applied in my life. And I am an evangelist. I don't have to go to the churches of God or the Southern Baptist or whoever I'm going to to get a degree to be an evangelist. I have to know Jesus Christ. Come on. Amen. Amen. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate. Anybody's ever, anybody beside me ever overthink things? Come on, let's get some help here today. Come on. Amen. All the Christians that are telling the truth this morning. Overthink. You overthink some stuff. Overthink. My wife tells me all the time, I'm doing such and such, she'll say, you just, you're just overthinking. Yeah. And, and a lot of times she's right. And I'm not telling her that she's wrong, and y'all shouldn't say that I said it. <laughs> All the men said amen. Amen. I do want to get some help right there. Yeah. But what I am saying to us, church, you may have let him down this week, and I may have let him down this week, but it didn't change who he was. And it didn't change who he and what he thinks about you. The Bible says, he that's always been and always will be. It's hard for us to fathom that in our minds, but he that's always has always been, he always will be. The Bible says that Jesus was slain from the foundations of the earth. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall. But did he love Adam and Eve? Yeah. Did he bless them? That's the reason we're all here today. Did he bless them? So what we need to understand as a church is simply this. I'm not holding him up, so I can't let him down. Lawson says it like this. Oh, that you know, and I write this in Bibles a lot of times when I give them the Bible to people in our church that we give Bibles to, especially seniors. Oh, that you know how wide and how deep and how vast 
is the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't hold him up, so I didn't let him down. So your perspective and my perspective on who God is affects our ability to have hope. And he didn't leave us without hope. Matter of fact, he left us with his Holy Spirit. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, should I, should I overlook failing God? No, you shouldn't. You should repent. That's what the Bible said. We talked about this last night. Repentance is not a bad thing, is it? Conviction of the Holy Spirit telling you, how many ever had to do something wrong and the Holy Spirit tell you you just about shouldn't have done it? I'm sure glad he tells me that or I'd be all messed up. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is not bad. It's a good thing. But he will help me. Bible says he will always leave the 99 to find the one. One of the greatest scriptures out there about the gospel of Jesus Christ is he always leaves the 99 to find the one. He's coming back to the 99, but he's going to find the one. He's going to do like that widow that lost the coin. She's going to sweep it because she's fighting. Remember that parable? So we can understand that wherever we're at and whatever we're going through, he's going to find us. He's going to help us. His spirit knows the will of God. He knows the person of God. And when I can't pray anymore, Miss Mary, and all I can do is weep, boy, I'm in a good place. I'm not without hope. I'm in a good place, Brother Keith, because the Holy Spirit himself is talking to God who right. he knows the will of God. Right. He knows the will of God. They know each other intimately. One speaks of the other. Isn't that what the word says? So I'm in the best place. I'm in the best place I can possibly be. So my challenge to us church is, number one, keep the faith. Keep pressing on. Keep holding on. Don't let the devil rob you of what God has given you. The only way he can take it is we let him have it. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. That's the Holy Spirit. The only way the devil can take anything from us is that we allow him to have it. Don't let the devil do that. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we honor you. And we humbly come before your throne room today. In your throne room. Bring in petitions to you. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. This may be walking through some things that they don't know what's going to happen next. May we press into your Holy Spirit. May we trust you. May we hold on to you. May we understand that we don't have to hope so. We know so. We know who you are. And the more we know about you, comfort and peace with you. That doesn't mean, Father, that there's not going to be weapons formed against us. Your word says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You did not say the weapon went from before. You said you would not allow it to prosper. And God, we trust in your word today. We trust in your peace. We trust in your help. And I pray today, with every head bowed in this church and every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you today. If you haven't found him and you haven't made him Lord of your life, if you haven't confessed your sins to him and believed on him as Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you today. Lord and Savior. If you, if you need me to pray with you today, I want you to lift your hand. If you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, 
You're going through something. You say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need you to agree with me in prayer today. I want you to lift your hand. If you're just going through something, you say, hey, I need prayer. I need a covering in prayer. I want you to leave that hand raised and we're going to pray together right now in Jesus' name. Father, right now, come on church, all of us praying together. In Jesus' name, you see every hand raised and I'm praying now for divine intervention. I'm praying for answers. I'm calling in answers. I'm calling... Father, I pray right now that you would touch and you would encourage. I pray that you would open doors. I pray right now and I believe that you're opening doors and I believe you closing those as well. I pray right now that you give a direction. Lord, you said in your word that you would give us direction. God, that we know you, you will give direction. I pray that you would give healing. I pray that you would give restoration. I pray, God, when the enemies come in like a flood, that your Holy Spirit will lift up the standard right now in Jesus' name. Where the enemies come in, God, one way, you're going to have them lead seven ways. And we agree and trust to you today for it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, no, matter, no matter what we're coming up against, you're with us, God. And you're the God of victory. We praise the God of victory today. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, in your own way, I want, to th I want you to thank him for what he's done in this house today. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise you. And I thank you for what you're doing for us in this house and what you've done. God, we've done our best to deliver your word, and I thank you for it. For there's no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that your word does not return void and accomplish what you chose it beforehand to accomplish. Now, we love you. And we honor you and we praise you and we thank you for answered prayers and we thank you for freedom and liberty in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. Thank you for tuning into this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration Fam, check us out at restorationmacala.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.